Welcome to the third episode of my podcast, B is for Bisexual. This one is called Mexico. I want to remind everyone to watch my film Bermuda on Amazon and Tubi. My name is Laura Valtorta, and now we're going to begin the third podcast, which is called Mexico. Get up off that couch. Give me the remote. Lamar's daughters, Joyce and Cynthia, ran stomping and laughing into their bedrooms. The leather couch was plenty wide enough for the three of them, the father and his two teenage daughters, and for the whole Traxler family of six, if they wanted to be together. But the latest season of Homecoming, featuring Janelle Monet, was on, and Lamar wanted to watch it by himself. Family time during the COVID crisis was pounding on his nerves. The kids were relentless. He needed to listen to some Chuck Berry music or even Arlo Guthrie. Mowing the lawn would have been a relief, but the rain hadn't stopped for three days. Wyshonda, his wife, had her weight room in the basement. She escaped there whenever she wanted. It was, a, it was about time he painted the other room and set up his guitar heaven. Homecoming came up on the screen. Janelle was waking up in a boat without a paddle. This season was looking even better than the first one. Nellie, his youngest daughter, came rushing in and jumped onto the couch. Nellie was five. Daddy, Daddy, I need you to help me build a house for my dinosaurs. Dinosaurs don't live in houses. Randy the raptor lives in a tree house. Just go away now. What was the use of being home from work, away from Rapid River High School, if he couldn't even relax and watch a television show? Leon, his oldest child, came in from the backyard, slamming the glass door. Dad? I just wrote a new poem. Want to hear it? Lamar sighed and clicked off the television. <sighs> you know what? Let's go for a walk together and you can recite it to me. Where's your mother, by the way? She's working out at Sherry's hut. She said she'd pick up M Kitchen takeout for dinner tonight. Although she was always complaining about Columbia, saying she wanted to move to New York City, Wyshonda managed to lasso a bunch of friends and corralled them for workouts and Zoom meetings, even during the pandemic lockdown. Lamar was rarely invited. Wyshonda was a personal trainer. Lamar tied his Nikes. He tried to walk or jog with Leon whenever possible in case the police showed up. Leon was tall and walnut-colored with straight black hair like his mother. They lived in a safe neighborhood, but it was 75% white, and Lamar hated taking chances. The Ahmad Arbery, George Floyd murders had put everyone on edge. Leon began reciting his poem about woke and broke and dating girls was no joke, his hands illustrating each point. A former English teacher, Lamar felt his heart leap whenever his son created poetry, but he could savor the creation later. The sky was menacing and he saw some bats flitting around trees in the twilight. This testy weather 
reminded him of Officer Guy Gomez, and Lamar was afraid of losing the sharpness of these memories. Guillermo Gomez, Guillermo. Even though Lamar loved English, he might have enjoyed being a Spanish teacher. The language was so fluid. Talking with Guy and hanging out with him reminded Lamar of his semester abroad in London and the sociology class he took as a sophomore on different types of marriage. The world was such a wide open place, more than his hardware store parents had ever imagined. People lived differently and one shining couple in California featured on a school documentary film enjoyed open marriage, which was a concept Lamar thought of as heaven. Two years earlier, Lamar had been promoted to principal and his life became impossible. A tornado of paperwork and complaints. Even now during the pandemic, he was wrestling online with constipated teachers, hyperactive parents, and janitors who grew weary of cleaning up the vomit. The students never shut up. He yearned for the golden days when, when he had cowed his classes with talk of crushing their heads and then forced them to hear the words of Toni Morrison, Alice Walker, Shakespeare. They had listened. His reward had come in the form of a promotion. With a new job, he was responsible for too much mayhem. The students were being kicked around, literally. Rapid River High made the local news in a bad way when the bad officer, Skinny Beardsley, dragged a girl across a classroom because she wouldn't give up her cell phone. Lamar complained to the district superintendent. The dunderheaded, dangerous officer, Skinny, was replaced with Officer Gomez. Suddenly, Lamar's workday became sweeter. The students had a Latinx club, whatever that was, open to everybody, field classes on self-defense, police dog appreciation day. Lamar saw Officer Gomez not ticketing the students or admonishing them as often, but talking to them most of the time, laughing in the cafeteria asking about the girls' basketball championship. Gomez was the first white guy in Lamar's experience who seemed to enjoy working in a public school. During the summer before the pandemic, Officer Gomez had asked him out for a drink. Lamar usually avoided alcohol, but this was at a Mexican restaurant, Casa Linda, and it seemed wrong for the principal to be antisocial. The margaritas tasted excellent. Lamar drank a couple while listening to Officer Gomez talk about his childhood in Oaxaca. Tourists went there. It was a region filled with mixed tech and Zapotec people who spoke their own language plus Spanish. Guillermo's own ancestors were from Spain and Germany. His best school friend, Alban, had been Zap but Zapotec. The waiter at Casa Linda served him taco salad and spoke Spanish to Officer Gomez, patted him on the shoulder. My house is nearby, Guillermo told Lamar. I bought this gigantic, huge house with all the money I earned. I have my own tennis court. Want to see it? The kitchen is like a palace. Two bathrooms. 
Instead of a room for guests to sleep, there is a music room. Lamar savored the memory of that moment and the bright look in Guillermo's eyes. He wanted this fellow to like him so much. Dead, dead. Leon was speaking in a loud whisper and poking him in the shoulder. Lamar snapped back to the neighborhood walk. He saw a gaggle of teenage girls staring at him and laughing. Do you have to wear those fluorescent green shoes? Leon demanded. You should wear clothes that are more your age. I am your father. Do not use that voice with me. My clothes are hip and they're going to stay that way. Leon was looking back at the checkerboard board of girls. Because of you, I'm going to stay single my entire life. <laughs> You'd be lucky. The first time Lamar and Guillermo did it, they utilized Guy's music room with a comfortable EKA bed. There were purple curtains and a keyboard, plus a computer with Bose speakers for YouTube music. Not exactly how Lamar pictured his own guitar heaven, but it would do. Afterwards, Guy had his eyes closed and his hands rested beyond his, behind his head. His arms were muscular, but his underarms were too hairy. How was your wife like? He wanted to know. Oh, the same old story after 18 years of marriage. Not enough sex. And well, there is a reason she's called Shonda. She's always asking why. Otherwise, she doesn't talk much. She's curious? No, she's against discipline. When I say to my wife that Nellie, our five-year-old, needs to stop punching kids at school, she asks why. The answer should be obvious. Your wife removes your power. Yes, that's exactly it. All the time. And then when I say, don't let Cynthia wear that cheap micro miniskirt to the mall, she says, why? And she just stands there, stony-faced, with her arms folded over her chest. <laughs> I can't say in front of Cynthia, because that skirt makes my daughter look like a slut, that's why. The word slut isn't even allowed in our house. What does it mean, a bad girl? If I banned that word, I'd have to police everything Leon does to. His music, the books he reads. Why, Sean is all about equality. And I want Leon to be free. 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 You know? Do what he wants. Maybe never get married. Have a fantastic job with lots of money. People are never free. You can say that again. Especially not me. Ah, yes. Remember... You're the principal at the school. Be the principal at home. Lamar wondered what being the principal meant. He had to give pep talks every morning over the loudspeaker. He was the boss of the teachers, who usually performed their jobs pretty well without him. He hired the janitors and secretaries, met with parents, handed out tough discipline when students got into fights, laughed at the school board, made surprise visits to the classroom, earned more money than a teacher. That was the main thing. His salary was higher, but not high enough to make him feel that his promotions were worth leaving the classroom. Getting kids to listen one-on-one, -on -one, that had once been the main reward, and all that was gone. You know, I had more power as a teacher. You know, because I was relaxed. Then you should become a teacher again. Why Shonda would never go for that. She wanted money. 
for Leon, Joyce, Cynthia, and Nellie to attend college. Leon was certainly book smart enough for that. Nellie, maybe. He, she wanted to be a paleontologist because of, of some popular kids' cartoon show, but he had his doubts about Joyce and Cynthia. All those girls wanted was to watch Project Runway and design clothing. Nothing wrong with that. A person could earn good money in fashion and retail. But was college necessary for that? No. But Waishanda, who had never attended college herself because her parents couldn't afford it, had adamantine plans for her children. The pandemic sent everyone home. He was performing all his principal work from the dining room table. It was more difficult to see Guy. He had to invent excuses. Then, some activist chick in Oakland, California, decided that school resource officers were racist. Lamar had to admit that some of them were, but not Officer Gomez, his one major ally at Rapid River High. He needed all hands on deck with discipline. Mental health counselors would not be patrolling the hallways. Social workers might be happy, he imagined, to see students with drugs. But what about knives and guns? Had the activist chick seen how bad a few of the students were? Not just mischievous, bad. And the color of their skin didn't matter. Just because before COVID broke out, Officer Gomez had arrested a doughy red-haired student for bringing a box cutter to school and brandishing it at a teacher. No mental health counselor was going to disarm a student as quickly as Guy. Tennis became Lamar's best exercise during the COVID pandemic. Because Guillermo had that tennis court of his own, built by a gay lawyer who owned the property before him, Lamar could, pl could play there often enough without fear of running into crowds. He worked up a decent serve and began to beat Guy on a regular basis. Tennis with plenty of laughs and then a round of sex. The winner got to go on top and pitch or choose his position, direct the action, so to speak. One rainy day, they hung out in the music room with the air conditioning turned down low. You choose the music. How about Chuck Berry? They played No Particular Place to Go, which looked like Chuck was over in York somewhere. Then Chuck at the Woodstock Festival. Then all the artists at the Woodstock Festival. Jimi Hendrix, Joan Baez, the Rolling Stones. Guy was a pretty good dancer, but all he knew was the salsa and some tango. Lamar taught him the twist and the electric slide. They collapsed onto the bed. Wow, Mexico is very different. How different? It's all one kind of music, one kind of dance. Well, I'm glad you're here in the States. I might be going back to Oaxaca. He shook his head. Lamar felt rage bubbling up inside of him. Whenever there was a good thing in his life, he lost it like teaching or his children when they were young. You can't go back. The superintendent sent me a letter. They will be firing all school resource officers. And also, my mother is sick. 
Lamar couldn't argue with that. While Shonda was home, when Lamar and Leon returned for their, from their walk, she was still wearing her workout clothes and she had bent and jumped under the couch with both feet at once. Boom! In a way, Lamar had seen her jump onto the tall step equipment at the gym. Leon got into Columbia with a partial scholarship. That'll be way too expensive. He can go there. My baby can live in New York City and walk down the crowded sidewalks and study political science. Wyshonda was bouncing around the living room and smiling in a way Lamar had not seen her smile in years. Poetry. I want to study poetry. There aren't even crowded sidewalks anymore these days. And we cannot afford Columbia. It's non-negotiable. I want to go to the University of South Carolina. All my best friends are going there. The girls were watching from the hallway. Mom, did you get Chinese food? asked Joyce. Wyshonda was rocking on her toes and did not seem to hear. Lamar caught her around the shoulders. Wyshonda ripped free and spun around. Uh, and you girls can do it too. You can go to college. Lamar thought about the first time he met Wyshonda, right after he graduated from college and had snared his first job. She was such a beauty, so strong, and marrying her was an immediate way to please his parents. He thought at the time, and still thought, that Wyshonda was the primary example of a smart woman who never had a chance to attend college. Then they got married and she became pregnant with Leon. Their lives were set in stone. But Lamar was a person who wanted the world to change. Wyshonda, honey, come on. Try to chill out. This is a vicarious joy. There's no reason why you, my Wyshonda, can't go to college. Either here or in New York when the pandemic is or when the pandemic is over. We can't we can make it happen. I have a first cousin living in Queens who will host you. Wyshonda collapsed under the couch. You know, Leon wants to stay here at USC because that's more affordable for us. Wyshonda stared at him blankly. Cynthia giggled. Can you see mom going to class? Of course I can see it. Your mother is very smart. Honey, do you want to study political science? Wyshonda stared out the window. Then she nodded her head. They give plenty of scholarships to old fogies like you. Maybe you could get it all paid for. Or go to Columbia College. Or NYU. Wyshonda smoothed her hair and looked down at the carpet. Let's eat, said Joyce. The children stampeded into the kitchen. For months after Officer Gomez left, Lamar received emails from him from his mother's goat farm in Oaxaca with lots of photos. Guy lived in a real tile-decorated tile hacienda with chickens and burros, as well as the goats that seemed to act pretty stupid. They had floppy ears and blank expressions. Once, the goats escaped and ate all the flowering plants in the backyard, pulling out the roots. His mother was dying. Lamar's family was placid enough. Leon was happy to study and stay at home, sleep late. He was editing the literary magazine at USC along with a staff of mostly girls. 
they did Zoom meetings. At Rapid River High School, all fall classes were held online. Organizing all that made Lamar feel like he was earning his principal's pay. He was allowed to hire one mental health counselor and one nurse, but no school resource officer. Nurse Rebecca had an excellently sarcastic sense of humor, which was necessary for survival at a high school. She might work out. Why Shonda began to take two classes at Columbia College. One was a legal class on civil rights. Studying was difficult for her unless she performed an hour of weight training and cardio first, but she did it. She put in an application to New York University for a scholarship. Guy wrote an actual snail mail letter to Lamar on fancy paper, inviting him to live in Oaxaca at the Hacienda, or at least visit. He promised rum and homemade tortillas. His mother had died, and there was plenty of farm work to do. Lamar missed Guy, but herding goats did not sound like fun. Plus, the Hacienda only had one toilet and an outdoor shower, well water. Around March, when the COVID vaccine was firmly in place, the Traxlers began planning their summer vacation. Wyshonda insisted on visiting New York City and staying in Queens. I need to get a feel for the place, she said. Nellie began punching the couch cushions. Don't worry, baby. You won't miss me very much when I'm in college. There are more vacations at the, this place than classroom days. Lamar, half listening to her, was already pricing flights to Oaxaca. So we can go from Houston to Mexico City, and then it's a short hop to Oaxaca. Officer Gomez says we can stay at his farm. Joyce rolled her eyes. I'm not sure I want to hang out with goats. There are people too, silly. And Mexicans wear plenty of colorful, fashionable costumes. I think Sasha and Malia stayed on a goat farm, you know? Wyshonda stared at him and her eyes drilled a hole in his forehead. You're extra full of bullshit these days. Why? Why, baby, why? Lamar mocked her. He put an arm around her shoulders and he kissed her. Nellie said, ew. Everybody laughed. Wyshonda was easier to handle when both of them were happy. I don't want to miss our week of Broadway shows in New York, and Leon agrees with me. Wyshonda punched. Leon on the shoulder. Mexico and New York City. I mean, there's no reason we can't do both, said La Lamar. He didn't care if Wyshonda found out everything. Maybe she already knew. The kids could say what they wanted as loudly as they wanted because he was an excellent father. He was a hardworking person and he loved his family. He was the change maker, the revolutionary. Let them all just roll with it. The end.